A reading from the Gospel according to John, the 10th chapter, beginning with the first verse. Jesus is speaking. Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what He was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before Me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by Me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, it might be possible that like me, you don't think Jesus made it any clearer when He changed His illustration. (laughs) He went from saying He was the shepherd of the sheep, something that we kind of can understand, to saying that he was the gate for the sheep pen. I'm not sure he clarified things. And most of the time when we read that text, we'll jump ahead because we get to the life abundant part. We get to the abundant life part. We know what thieves do. We know what destruction is. We know what death is. We know, we know about excessive destruction. That's really what the Word is saying there. Jesus is saying He comes to give us excessive life. More of the life than we really need. Abundant life. Life that's beyond our ability to ask for. And if we were going to try to define that, sometimes the easiest way to define something is to recognize what it is not. Does that make sense? If I were going to tell someone what a B was and I couldn't write the letter B, I could write all the other letters in the alphabet And when they saw the letter A, they would guess that must be A, right? Or if I were going to write 1 through 10 and leave 3 out, I could explain to them what 1, 2, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10 were, and they would be able to guess what 3 is. Well, luckily for us, we don't have any lack of illustrations for excessive death. Just last month, our government dropped one in Afghanistan. And people celebrated the destruction of this massive bomb that had the potential to kill thousands of people at one time. And people applauded it on their Facebook accounts and horrified me. Think about the excessive death we get to watch as people starve to death in nations where there's plenty of food. Where people can't get cancer treatments. In nations where there's plenty of availability. Where people can't get helped 
Because they weren't born the right way or looked the right way or talked the right way or had the right status. And they suffer and die. While other people look the other way. We know what excessive death looks like. We know what needless death looks like. We see it every single day. Just the other day, driving down to teach a a group of new pastors theology, I was surprised to see a bunch of turkeys on the side of the road. Not wild turkeys that have enough sense to get out of the way of a car, but white, tame turkeys that evidently did not. That's a good illustration of how we go through life, isn't it? Like a bunch of tame turkeys that don't have enough sense to get out of the road and we get run over. We didn't see the truck coming, but we know we got hit. We understand excessive hurt, excessive death. We understand what Cleopas said last week. We had hoped. We've been there. We've drank that milkshake. We know what it tastes like. And so when Jesus comes and says, I'm the shepherd, I'm the sheep gate, and I came to give you life, one way we could define that is just to say it's the complete opposite of everything that we know about life and death. That it's life beyond our ability to hope for. Unfortunately, today in a lot of Preaching, that gets turned into a new car. It gets turned into the big house you wanted. It gets turned into a vibrant bank account or a lively life. Or say whatever it is you want to say it is. None of those things have to do with having life. They have to do with having stuff. If one of the things death has taught us is that you can't put a U-Haul on the back of a hearse, right? At least I used to think so until I saw one on the back of a hearse on Facebook. Apparently you can try, but we all know you can't take it with you, right? At some point, all of the things that we've labored for and all of the things that we've spent our life on won't matter. A few people will remember us, remember the good that we've did. People whose lives that we've affected, that's what they'll remember. And that's what life is. They won't remember our death so much as they'll remember the parts of us that looked like Jesus. The parts that looked like life. Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice. I am the shepherd. I am the sheep gate. I read something this week about somebody who was traveling in an Arab country and they saw a shepherd putting sheep in a little corral and they noticed that there wasn't a gate. And they said to the shepherd, can't the sheep just get out? He said, there's no gate. And the shepherd looked and said, I am the gate. After I put in it, I lay down in the opening. And the sheep won't cross over me and nothing's going to cross over me to get to them. That's kind of what Jesus is saying. We enter it through Him. He's the doorway. He's the opening. He's the way in. And the good news is we can't do anything to earn that. And that's good news because mostly what we produce is disappointment and death. It saddens me to look at how little good humans produce in the world and how much death we manufacture. No one has ever said we can't afford to build a bomb, but people say we can't afford to educate our children. Politicians say we can't afford to make sure people can get treated for cancer, but we can drop a 500 billion, triple billion dollar bomb in the middle of a desert and not care. 
Which is true. Seems to me that the truth is we love death more than life. That's the truth. So it brings up our identity, us called here. Do we love death more than life? Do we love our stuff more than we love our neighbor? Who do we belong to? Whose life do we have? Is it just our life and its concerns, our stuff, our wants, our desires? Or, or do we have a truly abundant life? Jesus said, I'm the shepherd. My sheep hear my voice. Jesus does not call us to drop bombs. Jesus does not call us to ignore our neighbor's hurts. He specifically told us to love our enemies as ourselves. He specifically told us to love our neighbor as ourselves. He specifically told us to love each other the way He's loved us, which is to die for each other. That's the voice of our shepherd. The shepherd that calls us to live lives filled with life. Now for a lot of people, that makes them mad. Well, I shouldn't have to pay for that. Jesus said, if you have two coats, give one to your neighbor. Disagree with Jesus. Be mad at Jesus, not me. He's the one that calls us to that kind of love. He says we're His sheep. One of the things I like to do with couples that are getting married is an identity sheet. We talk about who you are and whose you are. And this is a great exercise you can do yourself. You can draw a line down the middle of a piece of paper in landscape shape. And on one side you can write who I am, and on the other side you can write whose I am. And as you write that, consider carefully the things you value. Consider what you know yourself to be. Like for instance, I would say in the who I am, I'm a pastor, I'm a father, I'm a husband. And apparently what I should be writing also is I'm a sheep. And maybe that should be at the top of the list. I belong to Jesus. I'm His sheep. I've heard His voice. He's called me into His kingdom. The same is true for you. And so in the whose thing, somewhere along that line, Jesus' name should come up. Peter says, Paul says, Revelation says, Acts says, Galatians says... He has bought us with a price. We belong to Him. He is whose I am. And when I get to the point where who I am first is Christ's sheep, and whose I am first is Jesus's, then I'll be more open to His love. A love that loves people without qualification. A love that loves people unconditionally. And a love that refuses to engage in death. That's who He was, right? That's who He is. The more we grow in Christ's likeness, the more we love God and love our neighbor. And the more that love becomes our identity, the more we understand ourselves to be His sheep, the more life is abundant in us. Abundant life doesn't have a thing to do with what you have. It has to do with who has you. When we are in Christ, we are in life. 
When we come to the table today, we come to receive His life. We are His sheep. Called here by Him. We have heard His voice and come and He calls us to life and life abundantly. And it doesn't look a thing like death and hurt. It looks like love. Perfect love that knows no fear. Perfect love that gives up itself for others. When we love God and love our neighbor as ourselves, when we love others the way that Christ loved us, then, dear ones, we have abundant life. And that's the life that Jesus offers you today. And as you come to this table, consider what it means to be called here by Him. This One who has purchased you for Himself. This One who desires to be your shepherd. Consider what it means to come and enter into His grace by His body broken for you. This gate broken for you. Consider what it means to live in His love. Consider what demands that might make on your life. What thoughts it might change for you. What intentions it might change for you. So that the risen Christ can work in your heart today. He calls us here. Because He is our shepherd. Because He is the gate to the kingdom of God. And we are called to freely enter and take up life. To be given the gift of life. Amen.